in that little cramped visitors' locker room at the LA Coliseum, the Kansas City Chiefs were pissed off. Mm. They were mad. I need a number. Travis Kelsey, I have never seen. 87. I've never seen 87 that solemn after a loss. Talking softly, you know. I kudos him for being a man and talking. Like, I like that. Like, you know, I like that. I appreciate that. You know, if you're going to talk during the week. Talking softly talk, like, like beaten or focused? Not not beaten. Okay. More like. Pissed at himself. Really, yeah, really, really mad. And he wasn't the only one. Um, I, I think maybe I should just actually write this this week now. Thank you. Um, but but Tyreek Hill. I asked Tyreek Hill. This was great. I asked Tyreek Hill. I was like, Ty, what did you hope you guys would would tell the world with a victory and ty for a second he ty's a pretty good natured guy like he doesn't really get upset so as much as upset as ty could get he's like what you mean we the kansas city chiefs they are people should already know who we about if they don't know what we about that's okay we'll show them it was something to that effect it, it was a it was a locker room where he, mm. Alan Bailey, who doesn't really get upset. Alan Bailey was pissed off. He was pissed off at Naughty. Yeah, you, but that's, <laughs> this is what I'm saying. Like, I, I, I feel like, you know, that team believed they should have won that game. And when you lose the turnover battle 5-2, to two, that's a reason to be upset. But they weren't mad at Pat. He's a kid. He's the reason they've gotten this far. It was like they took responsibility for it themselves because everybody made mistakes in that game. And the crazy thing is, they almost won the game with that turnover ratio being five to two. So they came away optimistic, but they came pissed. And if I'm a Chiefs fan, I like that. Fifty seemed irritated. Oh in God! The, in the post game, um, but it's it's weird. Like one of the real moments. I'm not gonna lie to you. A person that got fired up about they were mad in the post game, but I ain't never seen Andy like that. Yeah, I've never seen Andy. Yeah. He let Jared Goff like, hey man. Go on, man. Go play back on the merry-go-round. We over here. Andy's normally pretty good natured. Yeah. But so that wasn't surprising to see. They're pissed because he was pissed. And, and here's the thing: they got to let Andy do that, right? Because Andy could take the fine. Andy make ten million dollars a year. Andy could take the fine. The players. And Justin can take it. One one thing I like about the players, though, is that I asked like five guys. I gave them a chance to even passive aggressively comment mm. on the refs. None of them would do it. Because they know they lost that game because it was their fault, man. Thank you. They lost that game. We can talk about the refs. And if you're the NFL, it's moronic. If you're, you can't have a game like that where it's all-star cast of refs and the other team doesn't get their first penalty until penalty number 10 or number 9 on the Chiefs. That's absurd. Yeah, well, and it's a really bad look for the league, especially in football, which show you know this, even when we play high school sports, you could call a penalty – on every play in football. So for it to be that, it was ridiculous. And I will tell you this, though. Some of those were flat-out penalties. Landon, Lando, of, Lando, was, he Lando was got away with a few, too, now. Oh, come on now. Lando, in, the, in the end zone, two, two, Lando was late. <laughs> there, there was some guys there that they were getting away with some stuff. But they, they you can't have a game of that magnitude, let it, the referee point of it kind of become like a thing. And that, that was a failure on the NFL's part. But I think, it, I, I, listen, I'm not going to say the officiating was, was good. It wasn't good. And, and I think it's a big story here. I don't think it's that big of a story anywhere because it was even. Because the Rams got screwed. They called the Rams. On one play, the Rams, 
McDonald was held in the middle of the field, and then they called a 15-yard helmet-to-helmet penalty on a, on a DB for the Rams who was just crouching down at Demetrius. Michi just ran him over. I got, I mean, and, and Lando got away with a few. The one in the end zone on third and goal. They were he was grabbing. Lando. Come on. They they were, they, well, wouldn't you? Well, they, mean, were, they were going at him, boy. Well, it, you? it was early. So it was, it was bad both ways. Like, I mean, Cam Irving held Aaron Donald every time. Right, let's just be frank. And hell, he should have. He should be allowed time. to. He should. He should be allowed. Oh, you guys be are. Cheap. You guys think Aaron yeah, Donald man, deserves man, like I'm the Shaq sorry. rules? Yeah. You, We're it, like Shaq. I you can just follow Shaq because he's seven one, four hundred pounds. I gave you an eye last week <laughs> when you said Warren Sapp. Oh, I you just, saw him. This I had. Week, though, I yeah. had to walk away from the television set when he just when he was just working over people. He always works on the outside shoulder, but his first step is so good it doesn't matter. You can't even adjust to it. And he's powerful with quick hands. He's, he's an amazing player. Therese Paler no. show live from Tanner's 119th and 69 Highway. You mentioned the kid earlier. What did you make of Patrick Mahomes' night? I mean, I don't know how many other players could have turned the ball over five times, and you could still, like, ask me that question and, like, be right. legitimate about right. it. Right, That's right, right. That's good. That's, That's a good point. Hey, yeah. man, the dude threw six touchdown passes. He almost threw for 500 yards. Like, at the end of the day, he turned the ball over. You can't do that. But it's like he almost, like, evened it out. <laughs> you know, at the end of the game, he, you know, it, it, that was a big atmosphere, you know, at the end of the game. And the Rams were feeling themselves a little bit. One of them dudes, I can't remember who it was, maybe John Johnson or whatever, in the locker room after the game, they were like, yeah, 22 is a little rattled. And, like, his teammates were like, shut up. <laughs> don't they're like shut up don't it, he threw for 500 yards against us be quiet he's like yeah because if you see him again he's probably not gonna turn the ball over five times um if i'm a chiefs fan i'm actually optimistic like i loved the the spirit that Mahomes showed i thought that he responded to the challenge early he responded to the challenge in the middle of the game there were a lot of times those guys could have really folded and wilted you know and at the end of the day they just came up short in the end, but this guy's going to be ridiculous. I mean, he's ridiculous now, but when he's 26 with some more wars under his belt, you better watch out. I know we got to go to break, so maybe we can pick this up on the other side. I, I think this is interesting because Vern, Vern has, has placed him and said he feels like right now he's shoulder-to-shoulder shoulder with Brady and Rodgers. Um, how do we judge him? Is there is there a different or do we st are we still in the place that this is a first year starter? Like after that performance, everything you said is true. You can't turn the ball over five. Like how do we judge Patrick Mahomes? Answer that after a quick timeout. The Therese Paler Show, presented by Bud Light, official beer sponsor of the Kansas City Chiefs. Alabama. Live from Tanner's 119th and 69th right. Highway, this is the Therese Paler Show presented by yeah. Bud Light, the official beer sponsor of the Kansas City Chiefs. Fresh off the plane, back from L.A., Yahoo Sports senior NFL writer, host of Yahoo Sports NFL podcast, Therese Paler. Therese, the question from show, if we're looking at Patrick Mahomes as if he is shoulder-to-shoulder -shoulder with Rodgers and Brady, how do we judge him after a game in which he turns the ball over five times? Yeah, I mean, it's, I don't think you can really 
I don't think you can really like put him, judge him, evaluate him the same way as those guys. As great as he's been, you know, at the end of the day, like you know, Tom Brady's forty-one years old. Like Patrick Mahomes is like literally twenty-three, and <laughs> Tom Brady was in college before Patrick Mahomes was even born. So like to me, I think you've got to be able to like understand that there's gonna be some like there's gonna be some growing pains as far as like winning on the big stage. Um, he seems to handle it pretty well. And I, I just think it's difficult to expect him to right out the gate to kind of have that same calm. And my, my point today is I've seen Brady and Manning and Rodgers have ugly regular season games. Now, you do this in January, then okay, then your legacy won't jive with what Rodgers and Brady and those guys did. Let but me, in the regular season. Let's hey. go here. Let's go here. Is it fair to say it was an ugly performance? Yeah, you turned the ball over five times. I think I I think it is. Especially I the mean, last even though, two. Especially the last okay. two. Okay. Those I mean, were like some of those you know, I mean, Aaron Donald strips. It's ugly for him. Tough. Yes, I'm just I'm just I don't know I don't know, show. Like even show you were so like decisive. Like you're think you're waffling on that a little bit because he threw for five hundred well, yards and six touchdowns. Well, for me, I don't I I don't judge him the way that I judge yeah. Breeze or Brady or them because he's this is his what twelfth start yeah eleventh start. So I I still view I, him as a first year starter who's going to make mistakes. See, y'all can tell me if I'm wrong, but I don't feel like we've seen like a true stinker from him yet. Like. No. Like, you know what I'm saying? No. Like, he turned the ball over five times, but, like, he brought you He's back. He's been a like, star four. in every game. Yeah. Like, I mean, when you do some – he even made some really nice throws. That's oh. just, that that like, wasn't a stinker throw at all. I mean, that wasn't a stinker performance no. in my my opinion. For him, it was the worst – I guess you could say it was the worst game in the season for him, or at least, you know, you can't turn the ball over five times. Yeah. Yes. And right. if, 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 if Brady or, or Rodgers or Manning or Breeze – we're in that situation, and yeah, they threw, they'd be, and they and they well, got the ball with two and a half left, and just needed. An, yeah, a you'd field be like, goal, why didn't you? And they yeah, threw that ball yeah. in the triple coverage. That yeah. would, yeah, we yeah. would, we. But I would that's judge fair. them differently. Yeah, that, that's fair. I, I think that you got to look at situation. I was on the field for that last five minutes, mm. and it was rocking, and that place exploded when Marcus Peters got his interception. That that was crazy. That it did. But but the amazing thing is that she's got the football back, still have a chance to tie, and they just they couldn't make it happen. But that that was a different atmosphere to New England. That much oh, that's what I meant to tell you guys earlier. That that much the players were telling me. Like they this felt more real than New England. Bigger. Yeah. You know, um when I brought up Is that because the, it's so late in the season? Or you're I talking think so. at, okay. I think so, but I I, I think it I think it was the atmosphere, too. I think it was just better than Foxborough. Like, when I went into the locker rooms after the New England game, a few Patriots basically outright laughed at the concept of it be having a Super Bowl atmosphere. Mm. And then, like, a few were kind of willing to say it was a playoff atmosphere. AFC championship type atmosphere. But, no, matter, but no not even that far. Just right, playoff. Just playoff. So, this was the game where both sides readily admitted, yeah, this is a playoff atmosphere. I just think it was different. And if you're, I mean, for the Chiefs to, like, be in it, I mean, this is a game you guys are going to have to watch, you know, on ESPN Classic and stuff, and NFL Network over and over again. But it was actually a really good game for the sport of football. Like, I I think that this is, that's the kind of game that people are going to remember for a long time. But for someone that on this show has brought up 
old-time football that was raised in Big Ten football, 1993 football. football. That's Old-man football, yeah. You're embracing this. I don't think I have a choice. I mean, that was part okay. of my column. Like, sure. The, the reason I wrote the column was because I realized that this could, this could be, like, really fun. Like, you're down on the field. The score is, like, Michigan Northwestern. Was that 99 or something mm-hmm. when it was 55, mm-hmm. 50? You know, like this is a college score. And I think that the NFL is going this way because they, they got to protect the sport 20 years from now. And they got to be able to say to whatever forces there are that are attacking it, hey, look, we've taken this out. We've taken that out. We've taken this out. And at the end of the day, I mean, they can't take away my memories of the 94 Steve Young throwing 35 touchdowns and that being a career season and the best season we saw in, like, 10 years. You know, like, that, that was, but that was football 25 years ago. Like, things evolve. Things evolve, and I, I think that the NFL has got to find a way to bring a little bit more balance to it, but if it's offense heavy like that, and that means that I continue to see the sport of football, I get it. I'm cool with it. I, but I, I need to see professional football in 10 years. Uh, I, I, yeah. I was, 20 years, I was listening to Chris Carter this morning, and he was saying, yeah, we're putting too much on these rules. Like, I, the rules have something to do with it, but the technique is also not good anymore. Like, like you ain't got to grab folks at the the top of routes like guys are doing. Like, I, well, it's, hard, it's hard for me to just accept that. When, like, how does Denver – How does Denver and their defense able to <coughs> – excuse me – hold – teams like when you look at denver they held the rams to 23 they held the chiefs to 30 and to 27 schemes have not evolved in the nfl (coughs) Uh, lewis riddick who's really smart has talked about this you know you're not some some teams are not even giving their players a chance against these like really innovative schemes i think of how much we hear about terms like jet sweep um you know ghost fakes rpos when was the last time we heard of an innovative term on defense? defense? Yeah, Tampa too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, oh no, the Seahawks with their cover one and cover three principles, right? Five years ago, but since then, what? You know, it's been bend but don't break. The innovation hasn't been the same. It's time for somebody to do what, like the 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 '85 Bears did with Buddy Ryan's '46 defense. I'm not saying do that. I'm saying find Something. the inherent advantage that helps keep defenses – that helps defenses stay – keep up. Um, and then what you're going to see is that when – there's going to be a team that wins a Super Bowl where, like, they're starting inside linebackers at 215 pounds. And that, like, negates, like, the speed and stuff. They'll be, like, safeties. And when you see that happen and other teams start to do that, then you're going to see teams go back to the football I like. You know, where it's road grading, man gap, you know, blocking, power football – and now that's – and honestly, the Patriots will probably be the first ones to go to that. That's just how that goes. So, um, look, look I, I think that you make a good point. Defenses have to keep up. But the rule changes are real. I mean, the Patriots were good in the early aughts because they were physical with the Colts receivers, remember? Like, they would get their hands on these guys, you know? Like, you could really, like, get – you, you have to go grab it because these guys are too good and the schemes are too good. Maybe 10 years ago, you could, not even maybe, 10 years ago you could have gotten away with it. But now you can't because the referees are looking for it. It's a wide-open game. So did we learn, speaking of defense, did we learn anything or was anything exposed no. about the Chiefs' defense last night? Not enough playmakers in the secondary. That's it. 
Not enough playmakers in the secondary. Um, the creativity of the defense could be better. But, I mean, these are things you know. I mean, it's not like you don't know this stuff. Right. You know, they need Eric Berry back. I think that would be pretty helpful. Um, but they need, like, another – they need another dog corner. They need, a, they need a corner who's a dog. They need one more. I like Steve Nelson. I think you can win with Kendall Fuller, but I think you need another corner. Like, and you need, like, a, not like another corner, like Chris Harris. Like, you need Chris Harris Jr., something like that. Like, you need a good corner. And that will give you a chance to compete with Eric Berry back. Man – uh, just on a day like this, hearing that, after the game we just watched last night, and you, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, the, no, just, no, no, the go, connection's go. just so, I mean, we, we talked about this so much today between 10 and 2, talking about Marcus, but, I mean, you talk about that dog cornerback, you talk about that someone in that the, can look eye to eye yeah. with Chris Harris. The, it you just, mean in the game? I just don't yesterday. know how that, yeah. how you digest that as a Chiefs We fan. watched the game yesterday where every oh, single... I can help. Every single D-back got just absolutely abused. I know why we're forced to digest it. It's just, yeah. man, there's got to be some of you that are regretting <laughs> your support of that the, decision. I, the Chiefs made the trade of Marcus Peters because they wanted that locker room to be Patrick Mahomes's, And Marcus's voice in there was really strong. Like, again, it was, I wrote this in my story on Monday, right? Like, Marcus is brutally honest. Like, this is true. It is true that he did not like the schemes. That is true. He made that known. You probably don't want that around some of your younger, influential players. Um, at least the Chiefs decided they didn't want that. Um, but the truth is, that brutal honesty show, I mean, that endears him to certain, certain people. Um, yeah, and, we and, talked about this. You don't want to be uncomfortable. Well, sometimes you need to be yeah, uncomfortable. Well, and I will tell you this, like, he his brutal honesty was liked by some people who matter in that locker room, right? Well, it looked like and, it in the post game yeah. hugs and whatnot. Yeah, I mean, like by people like Ty Hill, Andy jerseys. Shoot, yeah, I mean, <laughs> you never know like what those what are, what's said there. I mean, um, I what what I will say is that the Chiefs made that decision because they felt that they needed to do that to protect the investment in Patrick Mahomes, whose job, I mean, basically. Patrick Mahomes held all of their jobs in the line. If he was a star, they were going to stay here for five, ten more years. If he busted out, they're going to be all held accountable for it. So everything they did last offseason was to make sure Patrick Mahomes would continue to develop properly. And he just ended up being way better than anybody could have expected. Um, I, I don't think they regret anything about the way the offseason went. And now I think it's on Brett Veach to find him a corner, whether free agency or in this draft, and make people forget about Marcus Peters. That's what the challenge is. One thing, though, I, I do want to get to real quick that was real is the pass rush. Uh, the, the pass rush, to me, I think you, yeah. you go against a better offensive line this time. This isn't against the Cardinals. This isn't against uh, some of these teams, the Jags, yeah. that had injuries. Yeah. No, this was like D. Ford, Justin Houston. Was they were getting after him. Yeah, Chris Jones. Chris Jones, seven they straight were games after, yeah. it, with a sack. You can't scoff at that. Like, if there's anything on the defense that is real, I think that is it. I think that I think that's probably accurate. Um, the pass rush this year is good. What the Chiefs have to figure out is how it's going to be good next year. The Chiefs have to decide, okay. I think the smart move is to probably franchise D4. You make him do it again. He'll probably have another contract season. It might be a 20-sack season. 
and then you'll have to make a decision there. But he, as long as he plays well, you're going to get something for him. Even Or you could just extend him. I, I think he would play. If you, if, I think he'd play next year for $18 million or whatever on the franchise tag. I think he'd take it. So I think that's actually a simple, safe decision for them, to be honest. Um, Chris Jones, now you got to do something with him and Ty Hill because, like I explained before, like I said before the season, you, know, you got you to figure out what you want to do there because they both end up being free agents after 2019. You can only franchise one. So one of those guys is getting extended because they need to keep both. They do. Um, my whole point is you got to figure out how to make that pass rush good again next year. So I guess you say D Ford on a contract year again, he'd be good. What are you doing with Justin Houston, though? Are you going to pay him that big number show? God, no. Okay, well, now who's your starting outside linebacker opposite D Ford? you got to figure that out. Um, I think it's probably going to be a high draft pick or a free agent. like I, Or maybe it's Justin if he renegotiates. But his, his <laughs> Justin's agent is pretty badass. So, you know, Joel Siegel don't play games. Like, he, he gets his guys paid, and he really – his guys really don't get shaken down very much. So, you know, I, if they try to shake him down, he just probably won't be a chief. Um, my point is you got to figure that part of it out. And then, like, if you pay Chris Jones, is he going to be this productive? You need to make that decision. The Chiefs have to figure out a way to make sure the pass rush is as productive next year as it is right now while still upgrading the talent and playmaking ability in their linebacking core and defensive back core. If they can find a way to do that, they'll be in position to win the Super Bowl next year. They'll have an opportunity to do it. But they need guys to stay healthy, and they got to upgrade that defense more. We saw that. More on the defense and a look around the NFL when we get back on the Therese Paler Show, presented by Bud Light. The Therese Paler Show, presented by Bud Light, official beer sponsor of the Kansas City Chiefs. All right, as uh, Ron told you in that weird commercial, we are live from Tanner's 119th and 69 Highway, the Therese Paler Show. 69 Highway. Presented by Bud Light, the official beer sponsor of the Kansas City Chiefs. Speaking of show, he started questioning Justin Houston at a certain point last night, and I swear, <laughs> it was less than 30 seconds later. Well, you got that <laughs> And you know, Therese, that people in this city, we, they're pulling for Justin. They want to believe in Justin. They've thought that the old Justin Houston was eventually going to return. What would you tell Chiefs fans as far as what you can expect from 50 as you head down the stretch? I'd be more the same. He's a good football player. Like, I mean, look, we know Justin Houston's a good football player right now. You know, it, it ain't 2014 Justin Houston, but he's a good player. And he's a really good compliment to D4. So, like, that's that's fine. That's good. You can win with that. Um, I, I would just expect more of the same. Like, he's going to win with power moves, the bull rush. He's going to win with that kind of stuff. It's not going to be the, the, the assortment of moves and speed and quickness. It's going to be power. He's using that bull rush, and he might have a counter off it, but it's going to be a lot of power, and he's going to set the edge, and that's fine. Well, it was There's good. nothing wrong with that. It was good to see him being able to get Andrew Whitworth, who is one of the better left Andrew Whitworth is really yeah. good. By the way, <laughs> you know, it's one of those deals, like, you know, so we, we're big guys, man. Like, is it, going into the locker room is a really good reminder that, like, Andrew Whitworth, <laughs> Andrew Whitworth, 6'7", right? But his waist is like, like, it's amazing, like, how 
linemen really aren't fat anymore. Just right. Like, um, hey, Andrew, Whit- Andrew Whitworth, 6'7". Andrew Whitworth, 6'7", like 330, and it just – that's just, that's the NFL lineman, man. man. He's a good player. Some guys are built differently, man. It really is. It's a different. It's just different. It's a, they're different people. It's just different. You don't man. see them walking. Even around. like LDT Tardif, right, right. three twenty. Right. He's just a large man, but it's not like yeah, fat. It's not fat. Right. Man. It's crazy, man. Not so like as you, you talked about this, <laughs> you talked about this defense in the previous segment. You know, uh, a, an early draft pick could be sp- uh, sent. Oh, uh, spent. it will. On, Could be on the front side. Will be. They got a one and two twos. It damn. My question is: We've talked so much about the secondary and how there aren't any playmakers. There aren't many that are under contract for next year that have done. I mean, you got a question with Stevie Fuller could ask for money if he wanted. Lando's on his way out. <laughs> Would but you not bring him back two two? Who's the Who's in the secondary next year? I mean, Eric Berry, because they can't get out of that. Um, like where, where does that rank? Because it seems like you're f- the rush. At, man, you just got to pressure the quarterback and hope for the best with the secondary. It seems I like mean, that's going to be the plan. I of mean, it's pretty simple. Year. It's pretty simple. Here's how you build a good defense in the NFL today. Your edge rushers are badass. Like, you figure that out. You pay for it. You invest. Okay. Your interior rushers have to be able to rush. Like, it, it, right now, I would make sure that I spend – if I've got my quarterback, honestly, guys, if I've got my quarterback and my left tackle in today's NFL, mm-hmm. I'd be using first-round picks on, like, defensive linemen or, like, ball-hawking cornerbacks every year. That's how important it is to play defense in this league now. And if you have a do-it-all linebacker, like an elite, like Keekley or something, like, that can really matter. Someone that doesn't have to come off the field that can stop the run. Mm-hmm. But being better than the other team up front, is how you're going to create turnovers and how you're going to rattle average quarterbacks. Because one interesting thing about these rule changes, like, bad quarterbacks still stink. Like, Nate Peterman stinks. Uh, and, like, it's he. Not his but fault. do you get what I'm saying? No, no, I hear you. But, like, do you get what I'm saying? Like, average quarterbacks aren't much better. Um, Blake Bortles stinks. 12 touchdowns, 8 interceptions. He really does. You know what I mean? Um, all these rule changes have done is made the great ones unstoppable. So if you're going to stop that, you better make sure your front is, is amazing and you have corners and safeties that can cover a lot of ground and make plays on the football. I use Madden a lot because I know a lot of people still play. You need cornerbacks whose ball trait is aggressive, not conservative. You got to go after the football. You got to go get it, period. That's how you win in today's NFL. That's how you stop these offenses. I, I, real quick, Vern, I'm, I'm interested. So, so in 2018, what what are the what are the top three important positions on the defense? Like, what oh, are the, the ones defense? you're going for now? Okay, so I love that. Thank you. Honestly, man, edge rushers number one. I've always thought edge rushers corner, and not just one. You got to have two. You can't just have. You need Bosa and Ingram. So that's one and you need, two. Yeah, honestly, you need Ford and Houston. Like, you better have it. Like that That's a mandatory thing. You better have it. Because that's why it's going to be scheme against just one. That's why it's tough. That's why it's going to be tough for the Patriots to get to the Super Bowl. Like, the, the pass rush isn't that fierce. Like, you better be able to get after the quarterback a little bit. Like, you saw with the Rams, they gave up 51 points. But they can get after the quarterback because of who they've got up front. Um... So, yeah, honestly, edge rusher would be one and two. 
and then like corners that can go get it corners that can go get it but there's there's it is important to have studs on defense and if, if they can do something really well they can still help you take snacks harrison right if <laughs> if snacks harrison um He's he's a he's an elite run stopper. Fifth round pick. You is can't what they traded him for. If you double him, you don't move him. You get that. There's still a lot of value in that in today's NFL. Not as much as there used to be, but there's some. And I think that you more than anything, you're just looking for good players. I think that's like really important. But I also think that you better be able to prioritize the pass rush and turning the ball over. All right, your turn. Your turn to ask questions to Therese. Text line is open. The Protein House, Eat With a Purpose, text line 69306. Also Twitter, at 610 Sports KC. Get your I, I got a question. Well, get your questions in as well. You take <laughs> on Therese next. The Therese Paler Show, presented by Bud Light, official beer sponsor of the Kansas City Chiefs. All right, back at it live from Tanner's 119th and 69 Highway, the Therese Paler Show presented by Bud Light, official beer sponsor of the Kansas City Chiefs here with Yahoo Sports senior NFL writer Therese Paler. Therese, we open it up to the people now. Text line 69306. You can also get at us on Twitter at 610SportsKC at Therese Paler. Uh, But I got to start off with just something I want your opinion on. With the injury to Alex Smith, who's the favorite now in the NFC East? Oh, oh my God! I mean, it's Dallas. I mean, it, you know, and I don't. I mean, you think I feel good about that? Hey, I think it's gonna. I think that's gonna be a real cluster. Like that's gonna be some team that wins with a nine and seven record. Because the Eagles couldn't even muster. Oh my God! Nobody believes in us game against the the against the team. It cost me some money. That, against a team that like was coming for their crown, and they couldn't even muster a fight in that game. Yeah. I dismiss them right now. Uh, I will say this about Washington, though. They like Colt McCoy. Like, Jay Gruden really likes him. They're not finished. He can operate that offense. And they're going to be right in the mix with Dallas. And to be honest, I almost trust, like, Jay Gruden to call a better game than Dallas. Yeah, Dallas's offense is one of the worst schemes in the NFL. It is predictable. Um, there's no innovation. None. And, um, you know, I, God, I almost feel more comfortable trusting grew but look i'm gonna say dallas because i think the amari cooper trade helped him he does command a little more attention than the other a lot more attention than the other guys they have and it seems like they're committed to getting the football to ezekiel elliott in a variety of ways running the ball pass you know passing the ball as long as they continue to do that that's going to help dak prescott who's not great especially if you're watching Mahomes right now but but he can operate when the running game's on point uh, this is from one of our all-star listeners, Nurse Jen. You think this game would have been different if it was an arrowhead last night? Was it that type of game, or was it a? I think you got the best of both teams. Like I, I mean, maybe the flags would have been different. <laughs> I don't know. I, you know, but I mean, at the end of the day, the Chiefs had a good game plan offensively. I thought the Rams had a great one too. It, it was a great game. Both teams brought their best. I'm not sure that the home field of advantage mattered all that much, but it, it could have been worth it could have been worth a, a call here or a call there. And again, they only lost by three points. So I mean, if I'm the Chiefs, I come away feeling good that I showed a lot of gut and pers- guts and perseverance. 
multiple times coming back and almost won the game despite losing a turnover battle five to two. Question from Twitter at KCMark40. What percent of pre-injury Eric Berry does does he need to be at to make this defense significantly better? I mean, really, I mean, like, he only has to be 85%. I didn't know how low you're about to. I mean, he only has. What you're about to say he about says Dan and Ron? The key word is significantly. He makes them better if he's. He makes them better at 65 or 70 percent, but he won't be that. It'll be like 85 or 90 percent or 80. It'll be something up there, and that'll make them a lot better. Remember, this is a guy who still pumps up the team before the game and the, on the follow in the field. He doesn't even play. Like this is that guy. Like that matters. Um, this guy. His, his his leadership will help them, and his playmaking knack, especially in the box, will help them. And I think that he's going to give them a boost when he returns. And I like the fact that there was a report coming out last week about December for Eric Berry. I've been telling you guys about that for about a month. Yep. Yeah. He's going to come in in December. And barring, barring like that – Barring you know that get you know that getting aggravated or something, I, I I hope he comes back and I hope he plays well because I think he has a chance to really help a team that could be really special. I'll uh, I'll save my question because this is I think is a really good one from the eight one six Therese. Who gets the blame for the strip sacks? Does Mahomes need to protect the ball better? Does the line need uh, to understand what they're doing in blocking schemes better, or is it just because Aaron Donald is Aaron Donald? Yeah, good question. So you guys know me by now. Like, I don't like – I always say football is not black and white. It's a shade of gray. And honestly, man, it's a combination of all those things. Could a better blocker than Cam Irving have blocked Donald better on those plays? Yeah. Could Patrick Mahomes have been more aware and been able to protect the football better? Yeah. Are there other interior pass rushers? Is there another interior pass rusher that would have been as disruptive as Aaron Donald was last night? No. That guy's special. Um, all those things led to those turnovers. And I, I think at the end of the day, because he's the quarterback, Mahomes is going to put him on himself. But the truth is Aaron Donald's going to make plays. And the offensive line could be better. And you, if, if you're the Chiefs, you need to worry about what you can control. And I'm sure both sides, the offensive line and Mahomes, are being coached up, uh, will be coached up when they return next week on how to improve there. I had a friend wanted me to ask about Mike McCarthy, friend from Milwaukee, wants to know if you think the Packers should make a change. Of course. I mean, I... Because he's of that mindset, of course. Oh, yeah, they should make a change. I thought you were asking me, is he a good fit for Cleveland? Yeah. Uh, Yeah, they should make a change. It just gets stale. That doesn't mean he's a bad coach, but it's it's stale there. (laughs) There are a lot of coaches who hope their owners didn't see that game last night because they got exposed like that's what creative play calling looks like like all those concepts and stuff like jerry jones is probably looking at this like oh my god like what well, why can't we run this stuff you know um yeah i absolutely absolutely it's time for a change there i think that'd be good for rogers too to be honest um he's not done yet not even close to it Let's see what else. Let's see what somebody else can do. McCarthy had a good run there. He's won a Super Bowl. It's probably time to move on. This was this was the question that I I wanted to ask because you were talking about Chris Jones and possibly playing Chris Jones, 
And if you pay Chris Jones, we're talking about a decent amount of money, right? Oh, it's going to be more than decent. Yeah, it's going to be. I, I think I heard you with um, Carrington and Brad today talking about in the range of Geno Atkins. Uh, th- they were talking about that. It might be because he's still young. Is he still young? Yeah, I mean, it, it won't be Geno. I, to- I well, I don't think it'll be Geno money, but it'll be like kind of in that ballpark. Like, it'll be around there. It's going to be expensive. We were talking about Ty. Yeah, Ty. Well, I know we were, Ty. Ty's Ty is Odell. All, uh, yeah, we know that. But, but I don't think Jones, people know that, though. Uh, yeah. I don't think Chiefs well, fans, yeah. fans need to be ready for Tyreek Hill to ask for And guess what? He, he deserves, deserves it. it. I would pay him it. I'd be like, Here, Ty. Here you go. Five years, 95. You deserve it. But Let's if go. Chris Jones is getting $50 million guaranteed, is there, a, is there a thought process? Maybe we should change the defense to where he's at his most effective. If he is playing a three technique like Aaron Donald does, is that like if you're going to put invest that type of money in him, should he be playing in a position where he's able to make plays? Because we understand about his gap. His gap defense can be spotty at times. Should he be thought of? You're going to give him $50 million, then let him go you see the and be three. aggressive. All right. I I'm gotta, just saying I'm if you're going to give him that, that money. Okay, I'm glad you said that. That's good. All right, so what? That here, was good. That felt good when I said. So here's 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 the thing, though, right? The base three four defense barely exists anymore, because every like the, the 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 Rams were in eleven the whole game three three wide. So that means the Chiefs were in nickel the whole game. So they had a three technique on the field the whole game. It was Chris Jones. Even in the base of their even within the bounds of their normal three four, there's a room. Sutton's 3-4 is different than, like, the Patriots used to be. Okay, yeah. So they all, they have a three technique in their 3-4 scheme. And since they're in nickel so much, there's a three technique. So if you pay Chris Jones, you're paying him to be a upfield three technique. That's what I would be paying him to do. You got Nadi as a one-tech run stopper. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think that that's okay. I think that he actually fits within the scheme fine. I don't think they need to go to a 4-3 to make that happen just because teams are passing so much. Hell, guys, nickel is the base defense mm-hmm. now. Four linemen, two linebackers, five defensive backs. That's that's the base in the NFL right now. Question about Marcus Peters. Was he on Travis Kelsey because this is from the 816? Because oh, it was a better was matchup good. with Travis Kelsey or because they were worried about him and he, and he wanted no part of Tyreek Hill? I mean, I think I mean I think it's okay if it's a combination of both. I think we all know that I think we all know that Marcus Peters is a 4-6 guy, especially when he's hurt. And Ty Hill's a 4-2 guy, and you probably don't want him isolated alone. Kelsey's a good matchup for, for Marcus. Let, let me also real quick, because I'm doing a disservice to that texter. Uh, let, me, let me teach you about this text line real quick. That, that, that's put in a way to, to almost diminish Marcus like Travis ain't the one of the – Travis best tight end, the best tight end in football. Like go. Travis, like Travis Kelsey ain't nothing. It. It's pretty long. Like Travis Kelsey ain't nothing. Here you go. So I hear them insinuating Peters had a good day. Was it a good day or was it oh, because he stayed hey, on Kelsey? Hey man, y'all want Marcus Peters to suck so bad, man. <laughs> like that you would then say Travis Kelsey is not someone that a coach would want to take Travis away. Travis Kelsey gives people <laughs> fits. Travis Kelsey gives defensive backs fits, linebacker fits. Like, that's like a real matchup. Like, he gave that, the Rams fits yeah, last night when Marcus wasn't on <laughs> You know, like, that's like a real thing. Like, having a great defensive player match up against Travis Kelsey is something every team tries to do every week. 
you like, I understand that Marcus has some rough edges. I get it. Like, you know, I, I understand that that might not be the Your most appealing thing to some people. But at the end of the day, you know, I, I think that, you know, here's what I know. I was in Colorado Springs this weekend talking to the, to the Rams, and I'm going to tell you something, man. I think the Chiefs truly believe they did everything they could to make, like, Marcus Peters work here, right? But I just think that the Rams have a better infrastructure to, to handle that guy because he's brutally honest. If he thinks the scheme sucks, he'll say it. If he thinks you suck, he'll tell you. If it was your fault, he'll say that. But in the Rams scheme, was he really going to talk tr- – is he really going to talk back to Wade Phillips? Mm. Wade Phillips told me sometimes when you have a reputation as a defensive coordinator and you've won a lot, like, that helps you. That's literally in the column I filed on Peters on Monday. I think that that's working fine. And McVay is 32 but has a Genesee choir about him. Swag He's not afraid world. of any kind of strong personalities. So it's just a better – and it's closer to Oakland. So perfect place for him, better than here. Follow him on Twitter at Therese Paler. Be looking for the Yahoo NFL podcast. Make sure you read his work at yahoosports.com. We are back next week on Monday, 6 to 7, the Therese Paler Show. Therese, go get some rest. All right, baby, let's go. There you go. We'll talk to you tomorrow at 10 a.m. on 610 Sports Radio. Jay Binkley coming up next, Bink at night on your football station. This has been the Therese Paler Show, presented by Bud Light, official beer sponsor of the Kansas City Chiefs on 610 Sports Radio.